start thinking about yourself as the employee of your company or the CEO or the manager and just ask yourself, if I was at work, would my employer be okay with me shying away from making these sales or shying away from doing this work? Start to think of yourself in in a little bit of a different light there. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome back to a Thursday episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your co-host for today, as always, Samantha Riley, here with my my business buddy, <laughs> Tim Hyde. How are you, Tim? <laughs> I reckon people listen just to hear me fall over that every single Thursday. <laughs> I know. It's almost like it's scripted, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I could I be that blonde all on my own without even trying. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have scripting on all the bloopers. We should actually do one day, Sam, we should pull our blooper reel out. That's a good idea. We were watching YouTube videos on the weekend and there was a group of us sitting around actually fast forwarding to the end of watching everyone's blooper reels. It was funnier <laughs> than watching the YouTube videos. <laughs> anyway, to answer your question, I'm doing really well, feeling very refreshed after a extra long uh, Easter weekend. Yeah, looking forward to getting back into things. Lots of opportunities as we come into to April, starting to get a bit, a bit cold down here in camera, seeing the leaves change colour, beautiful mm-hmm. time of year. Absolutely. Today, we're going to talk about pricing, how to price your programs, because I know that this is a question that I get asked a lot. One of the the biggest questions I get asked is, how do I price my programs? So we've decided to talk about that today. This is a really cool one because I don't actually ask my clients about the pricing. (laughs) I just deliver it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it is is a a thing that I know that I've wrestled with in my own business as I put my programs and products together. Um, And Sam, I know it's a conversation we we often have about off-air, about when we sound each other out and say, hey, look, I've got this thing. What do you reckon? Where do you think the market would bear it? And, And that sort of stuff. And there's lots of there's lots of I guess questions that go into how do we price our, our products and services, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It. I did hear someone saying the other day, you just pull the price out of your butt. I don't think it's that easy. So, I mean, essentially, at the end of the day, you are. But I think that there's a lot of conversation that goes into and a lot of questions to answer before you pull that price. Let's say out of thin air. Yeah, I remember going to a um. Uh, markets a few years ago now um, mm-hmm. and it was a you know giftwares market or something um, a maker's market actually mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. now that I recall a maker's market now makers are where people kind of just a lot of handcrafted products mm-hmm. that they've done and I remember walking past a, a blacksmith's little stall mm-hmm. where he'd done a lot of incredibly handcrafted knives mm-hmm. right. and one of them they caught my eye that the particular, I guess, because you know, whether we price our products or whether we price intangible goods, it comes into the same same sort of thing. And I had one of his knives priced at, I think it was around three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, if you look at a knife and go, oh my God, three hundred dollars for a for a knife, that seems like for a kitchen knife, that might seem 
like quite a lot, right? Particularly mm-hmm. as you can buy a kitchen mark from Harris Scarf or Kmart or, you know, you know, Walmart, I guess, if in the US, you know, for like 10 bucks or 20 bucks or something, right? Which is mm-hmm. just this mass produced kind of thing. But this is all handcrafted. And I asked him at the time, I said, I'm just curious, how much time did it take you to make this particular knife? Mm-hmm. He said, oh, it was about a week all up, right? Wow. And I suspect he was doing other jobs at the same time, right? So maybe there was, you know, 20, 30 hours into producing this knife. And I'm always mm-hmm. like, what? I'm pricing this out in my head. I said, you're paying yourself $12 an hour, you know, to produce much. this, not including sourcing the materials, packaging it, marketing it, turning up at this trade stall and, and then presenting it, right? Mm over and above the work that actually went into it. And it's one of those things I think that we need to be really cognizant of as we price our own products and services, how much work do we put into it as much as how much do our clients value it? Absolutely. Well. I was Absolutely. Like, you know, did I buy the knife? No, I didn't. I didn't have a spare $300 laying around. But, you know, I guess it's one of those things that we start to break it down and go, okay, well, how, how does someone come up with their pricing that, you know, this is the stuff that we need to think about, isn't it? Yeah, and actually, I just want to go back to something you just said then. You said, I didn't buy it because I didn't have a spare $300 lying around. But i going to guess that if just the night before you'd cut your finger because you had a blunt knife and you were trying to cut your beef to go in your your, your dish for dinner yeah. and you cut yourself because your knife was blunt or, you know, it just, you know, it was flimsy or something like that, that your idea going into that would have been different. So Absolutely. I think- it depends where you're at. And I think it's really important to remember that when we're pricing our programs, that it's actually more about solving problems or shining a light on problems than it is about saying, this is how much it is. Yeah, I know the clients I've worked with when we've done exhibition work, you know, and show work like that. If you can provide the demonstration, it's not mm-hmm. just a knife sitting in a you know, mm-hmm. fancy looking case. It's actually, here's me cutting something that actually makes the massive difference. And, and you and I have talked about this, you know, even in, if you're presenting a more intangible product and, and selling via webinar, if you can demonstrate the transformation you can mm. create, mm-hmm. suddenly we apply a lot more value to that. We can't help ourselves to put more value on that thing, even Absolutely. though it's exactly the same, but it's given contextual relevance in terms of value. Absolutely. So that is that if there's one thing that you get take away from this episode, it's to understand that you're not pricing your program, you're pricing the transformation that your client is going to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. Now we broke down a couple of, I guess, key things that you need to think about. And there's four of them that we'd encourage you to look at as you price your programs. Mm -hmm. Um, The first one's obviously the mistakes uh, of either undercharging or overcharging. Mm. I don't see overcharging a huge amount in my world. I know it definitely does happen. I personally think it's more at the guru end of the scale of overcharging, <laughs> but that's just my that's just my perception. Um, I actually see most of the people in my world undercharging. What about yourself, Tim? Yeah, look, I think the same. What do you think? What do you think? Is? I mean, I was just talking to a to a, a prospect late last week, actually, um, who was charging $100 for a logo. And I'm sure there's a more work in that. I don't see a lot of margin in that. And I have a rule, all right, just a very basic rule in terms of pricing, that one third is the cost 
one third of whatever price you come up with is the cost of delivery, mm-hmm. one, the time it takes you to produce the materials and deliver it. One third is your business overheads and one third is the profit that you would otherwise mm-hmm. take out. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a very hard and far, that's not very, it's a very loose rule, but a good one to, to apply as you do that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. on a $100 service, in this case, to produce a logo, you know, there's $30 worth of you know profit $30 worth of roughly $30 worth of time and materials and business overheads and that sort of stuff and $30 worth of time to deliver it right now if I now break that $30 down to produce a logo well hang on there is no way of, that person no, is making a profit from that there's no money in it there's no and, way and you find yourself being very very busy without much to show for it I mm. know for a lot of clients that you and I have both dealt with Sam this is what we see a lot of. You find yourself in the grind being really busy and it tends to happen a lot with clients who are sort of in that, you know, maybe $5,000 to $8,000, $5,000 to $9,000 per month price range. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We just feel like we're really busy and overwhelmed and it may be that we're just not pricing our products in the right way. Absolutely. I find that a lot of people are pricing themselves that way for two reasons. One of them is they're tying their price to their self-worth. Like, I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't feel like I could be charging that, which we're going to go into in a little bit in a minute, a little bit more. But the second one is people afraid to get no's. And I think that is not a really, actually, it's not at all a good way to price yourself because you are going to get no's. Yeah, you'll always get no's. And, and, and no's come from, it's not a good fit for what I want right now. Right? Exactly. Just like knife guy, I didn't actually need new knives. Knife guy. As cool as it was. <laughs> <laughs> knife guy. Henceforth, it's been known as knife guys. As, as awesome as this thing was, and as much value as it had, I didn't really need it. Mm. And, and, and that was why the no, the no was coming there. But I do think we, you're right there. We, we get this point where, you know, we undervalue ourselves because we're afraid of no's and that probably stems from some childhood trauma where we wanted a lolly and, you know, parents mm-hmm. said no and we're like, oh, well, I won't ask anymore then because yeah, <laughs> yeah. they keep saying no. In fact, I know that my son has at, at times come in and says, I already know the answer to this question. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I remember saying that to my parents when I was younger too. I already know <laughs> right. the answer, but we're going to give it but a we, go anyway. <laughs> so we don't ask a lot of the time. But we don't put ourselves out there. The other thing I think, particularly if you're transitioning from, employment to self-employed where we're taking the the cap off is we often tie our self-worth to the dollar value you know our hourly rate that we may have earned in our day job mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay which typically is a lot less obviously you know we're at 20 bucks 30 bucks 40 dollars 50 dollars an hour whatever happens to be and we typically then price ourselves at 40 20 30 40 50 dollars mm, mm. but again forgetting that there's also profit and management overhead and and, and business overheads that we need to put on to that price of what we ultimately charge our customer to then make that 20 30 40 $50 an hour. I think a really good way to think about this is to stop thinking about you as being the service provider because I think it, it can be tricky asking for money when it is completely tied to you. I know in any service industry, I've always there, there has always been a struggle that comes up you know, in asking for money when it's tied to exactly what I do. But start thinking about yourself as the employee of your company or the CEO or the manager and and just ask yourself, if if I was at work, would my employer be okay with me shying away from 
making these sales or shying away from doing this work, start to think of yourself in, in a little bit of a different light there. Mm, absolutely. Overcharging, different problem. Totally different problem. <laughs> right. um, I did once want to put a, a weight loss program together. You know, it was a guaranteed to lose weight in 30 days, right? $10,000. <laughs> All right, two ah. pages of PDF. <laughs> Eat more exercise. Eat less exercise more. Um, <laughs> Can I just it, say that uh, this had nothing to do with me whatsoever? Maybe, maybe, a, maybe a cover page. <laughs> but, you know, overcharging is just not having enough value. And I think mm-hmm. if you find yourself with clients questioning what else there is or not getting the transformation that you're promising, then you might be at a point where you are overcharging. Mm. it's not a massive issue you might be just happy with it someone's got to be the most expensive may as well be you Mm -hmm. but you're still going to deliver value i think um for whatever price you charge i actually think there's a big difference between being the most expensive and overcharging the way i see it is it's okay to be charging the most if you are delivering the value that's tied to that if you're overcharging but taking money and not delivering i think that is overcharging i think they're two separate issues there yeah yeah, there'll always be someone who'll pay a million dollars for the service you're Absolutely. Know, you I heard about someone that was charging or someone that was paying a million dollars for business coaching the other day. I certainly don't feel I need to pay a million dollars for business coaching, but there's people out there that are doing it and there's people out there that are paying it. I hope you said, look, we can do a little bit more for you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> for, for a lot less. <laughs> so let's talk about pricing your programs. This is an, another mistake that I see is people thinking they're beginners because they're starting a new program or because they're starting a new business. But just because you're a beginner in a new program, like delivering a new program or a new business, that doesn't mean you're a beginner. Just think about all of the expertise that you already have. I think that undercharging as a beginner, unless you're 18 years old or 19 years old and straight out of school, I don't think you're a beginner. So yeah. don't charge like one. Look, this is this again, this again, that, that confidence and that self-worth in your skills to create the impact that you want to create with your client. Um, you know, I, when I first started getting into doing a lot of sales training work or, or not, not for my clients, but for myself, I was trying to learn how to become a, a better salesperson. I remember sitting in one mastermind where it was a lot about kind of recognizing your value as an expert. Mm-hmm. I was sitting next to a girl who was a sales and marketing coach. I was in media at the time and and the two presenters, one was a, you know, so both Hall of Fame speakers, one's a, a sales coach, one's a marketing coach. And I recall her putting her, seeing her, putting her head in her hands at one point and said, I could, you know, I'm just never going to be as good as or effortless as mm-hmm. the two presenters, as the two trainers. And, and they were incredibly smooth, right? Very, mm-hmm. very good at, at what they did. And I said, and I recall having this epiphany at the time. I said, you don't have to be the best in the world. You just have to be the best in your world, mm. right? And if you continually benchmark yourselves against other people, right, you'll always kind of find a way to come short of what it is. But you bring other things to the table as well that they don't have. Mm-hmm. 100%. Right? right? You're going to attract different people. You're going to be, you know, an expert in your way. You're going to present 
your stories mm-hmm. um, in different ways, your metaphors in different ways. Right? And totally. that's that rule sound, you know, when you when the student is ready, the teacher appears. <laughs> yeah, totally. It might not necessarily be the, the teacher they thought it was. It'll be somebody else instead. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into the nuts and bolts of the number because this is the thing. What is the number? And we talk, I just mentioned a little bit before that the number is a little bit pulling it out of the air. But essentially the very first question that you need to ask yourself is what is the outcome that you're offering your client? What is the outcome that they will achieve from working with you? And how much is that worth? So you need to get really clear on what their problem is, what is their problem costing them? And then what is the outcome worth that you are providing to them? You know what the best way to do that is? Tell us. That's what we're here for. Market research. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. And look, you can do this anecdotally, right? You can. You may have heard of the rule where you just put put your price out there, and when you get three no's, you're at your limit. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Yeah, I have heard that. Okay. And you can do that sort of over time anecdotally and say, "Hey, Sam, this is worth fifteen thousand and Sam's going to go, "No, I can't do that." Or mm-hmm. I don't see value in that. But. If you, if you need to get a get a focus group together, if you're in a mastermind group, you know bring the people together and say, look, I want you to imagine for a moment you're my ideal customer avatar. This is the challenge you're facing. You know what do you reckon that would worth to to fix for you? Mm. And if you've got a good mastermind group, they'll be able to do that for you. If you don't have that, actually bring like this is what big companies do. They actually bring their customers in. Mm. Right? Give them a Bunnings gift voucher or put dinner on for them or something, and say, hey, look, focus group. We've got this thing. What do you think of it? And they'll actually get genuine research and, and, and feedback from their customer. I've been in a couple of focus groups and they're really good for, uh, like uh, from the perspective of a, of a customer. And I remember the last focus group that I went to, they were asking me, you know, questions like, is it A or is it B? And I remember sitting there and saying, you haven't thought that actually the biggest problem here is C. And they actually follow, it ended up turning into a huge discussion at the table where everyone just went, oh my goodness, she's right. And it, uh, they ended up keeping me Did back. You just and railroaded their focus I railroaded, I railroaded their focus group and they were very, very appreciative and actually paid me to come back and help them <laughs> because they'd actually missed a huge part of it. So focus groups can be really, really good. Yeah, and there are companies out there that we can do focus groups for you if you don't know how to do it yourself. Mm, absolutely. So once you know what their problem is, what it's costing them, or let's just break a couple of those down. So if you were a business coach or working in a B2B space um, and you were able to help your client add, you know, half a million dollars revenue to their bottom line over the next year, then charging $10,000 is super. Not very much, is it? Not very much at all. And I know that I get a lot of people saying, oh, well, that's fine in business. It's easy to quantify because you're talking numbers. What about if you're, you know, in the health niche or in the weight loss niche? Oh, my goodness. I've just done it again. I've been speaking to all you lovely North Americans and I'm getting all my words confused. Niches and niches. (laughs) So in the health niche and... Again, if you were help it offering, you know, weight loss and health and someone was about to lose their partner because through, you know, having really low self-confidence, feeling depressed, feeling anxious, then that is actually, that's worth, that problem is costing them a lot. It's costing them a relationship, which is way more than $10,000. So, so get really clear on what that problem is costing them and it's a lot easier to work out what that price is. 
Yeah, and again, coming back to that that feedback loop, right? Listen to the words that they use to describe the problem, and put them into your into your marketing. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. All right. So two things. Obviously, what's the problem costing them, and you know, and uh, what's the transformation worth? I think because the, really, when we come down to it, right, the the, the value is the transformation to this new reality, mm. and how much we value that new reality. If we don't want the new reality, it's not worth very much. Totally, totally. Right? But if we do want the new reality, right, uh, then yeah, that transformation is actually very valuable. Yeah. So let's just recap very quickly. So the mistakes of undercharging or overcharging. Don't tie your price to your self-worth. Don't be afraid to get the nose. You will get the nose. And in actual fact, if you're not getting any nose, it's time to put your price up. You are not the beginner. Neither do you need to be the best in the world. You just need to be the best in their world and just understand that you are you are an expert in what you have, even if you do have a new program or a new business. And really how to work out your pricing is what is the outcome or the transformation that you're offering and what is their problem currently costing them and how much is it worth for you to help them transition from where they are now to where they are in the future. Lots of good stuff there, Sam. What um, we might leave people today with just because of a parting thought, because I reckon this is actually a whole episode in its own right, in terms of what to include in your program as much as anything else. And this is, right, more, less is more. More is not necessarily more because it just creates overwhelm, doesn't mm. it? And actually mm. holds people back from recognising that value, right? So think about value is in helping your client achieve their outcome with the least amount of friction and as fast or as easy as possible. Mm. We might even cover that off in another episode. I reckon that's, uh, that's a whole, as I said, it's a whole episode by itself. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this episode and you would like a copy of the extensive show notes, we have got our team to do that for you. Just head to the show notes page, samantharali.global forward slash podcast. Scroll down to download your detailed episode companion. Otherwise, you can find us over in the Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook where we are hanging out every day and answering all of your questions. Questions. Tim, it's been great to hang out with you here today. As always, Sam, I love being here every Thursday episode. And I guess we'll see everybody, hopefully, next week. Thanks so much for listening. Ciao, ciao. Today's episode may be over, but let's continue the conversation. Head on over to the Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook and connect with other entrepreneurs who are building and scaling their business too. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.